Hey guys, and welcome back to Facing a Pandemic, the Forgotten Arts, where we delve into how those within the arts industry have tackled the challenges the pandemic has faced them with. Now, I'm so pleased to announce this week's guest. It's singer-songwriter and guitarist from Chester, Ed Black, otherwise known as Ed Blur. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Ed Blur's music. His sound is so authentic. He's developed a love for R&B, hip-hop and soul, which is definitely reflected in his music. His 2019 release with Isaac Waddington, The Way Things Were, now has over two and a half million streams on Spotify alone. So he's definitely making movements in the UK music scene, that's for sure. But we had a chat about his journey to where he is today, how he tackled creating music in lockdown, the threat the loss of smaller music venues poses on the UK music industry and the importance of slowing down and reflecting on where we are and where we want to be. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. So Edbler, talk us through how were you introduced to music? How did you fall in love with it? And how did it progress from there until where we are today which is obviously you creating music with fantastic artists yeah sure thing so it was guitar really was my sort of in to music um i started playing when i was seven i had three older sisters and they all played instruments so my parents really encouraged it and so i wanted to learn as soon as i could and i just remember thinking guitar was really cool so yeah i had like lessons from a young age and just like loved it straight away and i've never really looked back as cheesy as it sounds i've just sort of gone on from there, like started a band when I was in high school um, of other friends who also liked um, guitar and things like that. It was always just music for me. I always knew that's what I wanted to do. There was never really anything else. So, you know, did it at GCSE, then A-level, and then at university as well. Um, and I was very lucky to get into uh, Lipper, which is the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts, and study there for three years, which was absolutely incredible, especially for me because I love music and I love working with people and you know, collaborating in the social aspect of it. And I think before I went to uni, a lot of people around me were into music. And like, as I said, I had the band, but for them, it was always like a hobby. And for me, it was always like, nah, this is what I want to do, like forever, basically, or for a job. Yeah, it's always so interesting, isn't it? When you get to that place when you're meeting all these amazing individuals that see music in the same way you do and you can inspire each other and it opens you up to so many new opportunities I guess yeah 100% yeah that no that was exactly it and so yeah then I went to this university and there was you know 30 40 people I was sat in a room with who had the same passion for music but what I really loved was that they'd all come from completely different backgrounds musically and so it just kind of opened my opened my ears I guess to all this amazing new music and all these new genres like I knew about R&B and hip hop and stuff before, but before university, I was very much just like an indie kid. I just loved like Foles, Bombay Bicycle Club, all that stuff. The only other stuff I really liked was Motown, which I got from my mum. So I sort of had a bit of that in me, but I'd never written anything like that. And then, yeah, just went to university and met all these people who just loved basically R&B and soul and stuff and um, got into things like... D'Angelo, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, you know, people I didn't really know existed before university. I just fell in love with that that side of things. And whilst I was studying there in my year group was a guy called Adi Suleiman, who's an artist and an amazing vocalist. Um, and we became really good friends. And yeah, another one of the good things about uni, or a lipper, sorry, is that as an instrumentalist, they there's loads of vocalists who need instrumentalists. So Which is ideal. I ended up, yeah, exactly. So, you know, they need me, I need them, vice versa. So I just ended up playing for loads of people. And, and one of them was Addy. And yeah, basically he got signed like the year we graduated, which was amazing because he had some really great songs and we were doing a few London shows and things like that. And it was all super exciting. 
and it meant that we were both able to go straight into doing music full time from university, which I was very grateful for. Um, so yeah, then did that for a couple of years, sort of playing for Addy, and then we moved down to London early 2015. And that's when I started sort of doing a few other bits, um, playing for other artists and um, doing some musical direction work for other artists and also writing and production. Um, so I only got into that quite late on as just sort of something to do, an extra something to do, an extra outlet for creativity because I always wrote songs and I had a friend who was into writing as well. So we basically set up this duo and we just learned to produce because we needed someone to produce our songs basically. So. We were really terrible at the start, um, but you know, eventually got better. And for a whole year, we just worked at it together. And he moved down to London mm. as well. And we got in with loads of writers and, and artists and things. And it was a really exciting year. Um, and I, you know, throughout the year, got better at writing and, and better at producing as well. And at the end of that year, um, I decided that I wanted to do my own thing because the duo was going a bit more pop. Um, and I yeah. always liked the sessions that were like more R&B, soul. So yeah, that was when I decided to start this project, the Edbler project, which was just came out of having loads of just loops and bits like that kicking around. Uh, that a lot of stuff I'd come up with for Addy basically, and you know he inevitably didn't use all of it. So I had some stuff lying around, and then I knew loads of great singers from just sort of touring with Addy and also writing with with my friend Graham. And so that's that's how the project started. Wow, yeah, a wicked journey, and it's all an accumulation, if you say, of everywhere you've been, the people you meet. Um, and yeah. yes, kicked off really, really nicely. So obviously that's all fantastic. You were on a wicked roll. And then obviously last year has been an absolute roller coaster for all of us. So yeah. how has the restrictions of pandemic life impacted your career, maybe positively or negatively? How was it for you? I think in a weird way, I've been quite lucky in the sense that I didn't actually have that much booked in for last year. Um a year or two before I was doing lots and lots of touring and not really any writing in production. And this year I was kind of going towards doing less touring and more writing and producing anyway. So when the pand- lockdown hit, you know, I wasn't like, oh gosh, I'm losing like all this money. It was just, it just kind of cleared my schedule a bit. Um, so it was, nice. yeah, it, I, yeah, <laughs> I was, I didn't feel like I was losing out as much. Yeah. Um, but obviously it was a bit of a shock because I was like, oh gosh, like how am I going to, how am I going to make any money, basically? Mm, yeah. But yeah, overall, it was. It came at a weirdly good time. Again, as I said, it just cleared the schedule because I, I I do a lot of work for other artists as well, and it gave me time, um, kind of forced the time upon me, I guess, just to work on my own stuff, which was really fun. I actually really enjoyed it, and yeah, it came around the same time that I was mixing and finishing tracks for my mixtape Boys and Girls, which went out in. Uh, September I think so yeah it just came at the right time when I wanted to finish that so just let me sort of wrap things up it was a bit of a challenge like finishing tracks over zoom and stuff like that because I had quite a few sessions I was gonna say you know obviously that's the wonderful thing about making music is you can do it I guess remotely and on your own but if you want to be yeah how was that working with other artists and stuff was there a way around it or was it a little bit tricky yeah it worked it wasn't my yeah we got things done let's put it that way you know it it, it, it worked It, it wasn't as yeah fluid and it's not not my preference for sure. I prefer to be like in the room with artists course, and having a bit yeah. of back and forth. But yeah, there was a couple of songs that were only really demos um, that I had to kind of get into a place to release in lockdown. So one was uh, a track called Symmetry with Tilly Valentine. That was like a demo vocal. And 
and it had loads of clicks and stuff on it and I had to go through it and just like fine fine tune every little click and things like that because she couldn't record another vocal. Oh, yeah. And then another one was Nostalgia, which is a song with Tora, which we we loved the chorus on but didn't like the verse. Um, so she actually rewrote and re-recorded the verses while in lockdown oh, wow. and a bridge as well. So yeah, that one was very much, the demo before lockdown was very different to what ended up getting released. But yeah, it you know mm. it, it worked out, and I got the got the final product eventually. Perfect, and that's the thing I guess is as well having a passion and a career like music. You know, some people are on furlough sat around twiddling their thumbs. To be honest, it's a time where you can completely just focus on the music, aren't you? Obviously, within there are restrictions, but at least you've got that to kind of get you through. Yeah, the, no, hundred percent. And um, yeah, it's been I've, I've I've never really in a, to an extent I've never been more grateful for it because. It's given me, especially last year when I dropped the mixtape, around that same time I got a manager. That's great. Um, And that's been really helpful because it's given me just like structure and things to work towards. And I think, you know, obviously lockdown's been hard on everyone anyway, but especially when you're self-employed, you know, certain things, you need a structure and a sort of a lifestyle that works. And for me, like having a manager and who's just focused on my project and it's, it's given me like deadlines and targets to hit. That gives me like, you know, even if I've just got two weeks on my own, I'm like, okay, well, I need to do this, that and that. And for me, that's just, yeah, it's perfect. Absolutely. And so obviously the other side that we are missing massively is live music. And I wanted to ask you, you know, so what what do you think will be the impact? Because a lot of the smaller music venues are the ones which are taking the hit, but they're also the places where a lot of smaller artists sort of gain momentum. Do you think there will be sort of, unfortunately, a a bit of a negative impact on the up-and-coming artists in the industry as a result yeah i think so unfortunately um there's no way of knowing now what the impact will be um just yet but i have heard of Mm -hmm. a couple of smaller venues uh, in the northwest where i'm from that have had to close down which is really sad just some Mm -hmm. like you know very happy memories of watching gigs there and performing there i think deaf institute in manchester is one of them um Mm -hmm. but i'm not sure if it's going to be like they get new ownership and it's still a venue or there's a lot of you know question marks at the moment but um but yeah I mean for me it's going to uni in Liverpool one of my favorite things was one of the sorry best things for me and Addy was just having all these small venues and pubs and stuff to to do shows and so it meant that when we went down to London and we did this gig and there was loads of industry Mm. there I think if that was our first gig you know it wouldn't it wouldn't have well I know for a fact it wouldn't have gone anywhere near as well (laughs) you learn so much don't you just on the road you know yeah small places and doing all these gigs where like no one was listening and you feel like there's no point being there and you look I look back now and I think that's all that was all part of part of it because it's just great practice and so yeah I think unfortunately some of the iconic ones will close but I'd like to think that you know new ones will open up and we'll bounce back and absolutely and people miss it it's people are desperate to get back to it so it's not like the demand's not going to be there when we can exactly Um, and also I guess the amazing thing nowadays is there's so many platforms you know we've got SoundCloud we've got places where you can show your work it's not never quite the same but there are ways of doing it which I guess is good as well yeah no definitely I think um yeah you can either I mean I've basically built a career so far just from Spotify essentially I feel Mm. um which has been really yeah I'm really grateful for and some people have done the same thing through SoundCloud I think the Addy SoundCloud was a really big one I think that's kind of got gone a bit now but a lot of people sort of started out yeah I think so (laughs) well I just 
think they've like started to charge and they've got adverts and things like that and it's mm. just gone it's just a bit dead now but i remember like yeah. tom mish was on soundcloud as well and you know loads of people started out yeah. there because it was just a great little platform but you know there's new ones and also yeah it's super easy to get your stuff on spotify and apple music now so it's a it's a great way to build build a career yeah it's yeah. fantastic and you know you've had a great period of time over lockdown it's not really been yeah. a struggle for you but in terms have there any been ever been moments where I think in this industry you know being self-employed have you ever had those moments where you've just thought you know I'm putting so much effort in here I'm not really getting much back what would be yeah. your like advice to people that might be going through that kind of time just to keep pushing I guess for me it's, it's a weird one to, it's weird to say this but like I'm so set on music like I said there's never been anything else that um, I have had periods where I've felt not motivated or like I'm not contributing or things like that but it's always been music for me so I've had that sort of motivation in the back of my mind I guess I guess yeah just usual stuff just like taking time maybe reassessing so like the only sort of example I can think of was when I was talking before about being in the duo and it was going quite pop and also I felt it's a hard dynamic to get right, I think, when there's two people in the room as well as another artist and or another writer. And I felt like I was sort of slinking into the background mm. a bit, especially towards the end. I, I was quite happy to take a back seat initially, but then I remember there was a few sessions where I actually thought afterwards, well, I haven't actually done anything today. And it just felt a bit, it got me down a bit. And But for me, yeah, I just sort of, you know, spoke to some people. I spoke to my dad and... Um, I spoke to my partner and just sort of and just got some advice which was really helpful and you know I, I always go to my dad for that sort of thing and for some oh, people lovely. it's mum or dad or brother or sister or you know there's also like yeah um I'm sure there's help musicians is a great company you know there's there's organizations that can help you as well and and just to get that sort of perspective and and from that um I kind of realized that I'd probably be happier if I wasn't doing that um, doing the duo thing yeah. and so yeah just that little sort of taking a step back and assessing and sort of thinking about what I really want was huge for me mm. because as soon as I stepped away from that I started doing like more stuff that was more me and that's how as I said the project came about and I remember like the first session I had um, on my own I was really nervous because I hadn't done one on my own I think ever um, and I got, got so used to writing with my friend and, yeah. and this artist came out that it was it was amazing it just went really well. I, I prepared for it, you know, made sure I was prepared. It's another, obviously, great lesson throughout life. And um, and it went really well. And I just remember being absolutely buzzing afterwards just to get that confidence back to know that I could do it again. So. Yeah, I bet. Exactly. And I think that's what it takes sometimes. You have to take a step back. And in a way, that's a blessing that this year has given us. I think it's given a lot of people the opportunity in a hectic, normal life they probably wouldn't have had to just take a step back, reassess yeah. and move forward. And it's... It, as you say for you that was the best thing you could have done yeah 100% definitely so obviously it's been a, a, a difficult year has there been anything you've learned maybe not music related maybe just about yourself but has this year taught you anything about how you sort of tackle challenges maybe the better way of saying it is putting things into perspective so like do you value things more now that maybe before you took for granted I think just slowing down and that's only really happened for me like this lockdown to be honest I think last year I had so much going on and I was keeping busy and I sort of set quite high targets and some I reached and some I didn't um which was helpful for me but 
Yeah, I think a lot of people had have sort of said, especially I feel in this lockdown, to sort of you know take time and reflect and not get worried. And obviously, I think it's about balance, isn't it? So like, yeah, I think it's great to set targets and. I love to-do lists. I'm a big list guy. And oh, I always, me too. Yeah, so I'll do go on note. Every day I'll have a little list and the tick ones. And it, Love I, to feel productive. That's it, yeah. And sometimes it'll be <laughs> yeah. like, just like read a chapter of your book and I'll just tick it off, you know. Little things like that, but... Get out of bed, done. Yeah, yeah, easy one. <laughs> tick the first tick, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, and I used to set these, and I'd set loads for the day and then it would get towards the end of the day and I would like be rushing things and I'd get really annoyed that I hadn't done them and what I've started to do now, it's just a little personal thing, but if I realise things aren't going to happen today, I just go, all right, fine, I'll just do it tomorrow, which sounds really simple, but just like, I think it's important. Taking the pressure off yourself a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And like, there really is no rush, I don't think for anyone, like, you know, especially at the moment when things are going sort of so slowly and everything's so chilled, it's just a great time just to Mm. take your time with it. And yeah, I guess, as I say, it's, it's important to set targets, but also, to not be too down if you don't necessarily reach them because there's always another day and there's always another target, you know what I mean? Exactly. And we're all on our own timelines, as you say. Things will happen differently for everyone. Exactly. Um, But what does, hopefully, the second half of 2021 is going to be a little bit more normal, fingers crossed. Um, But what is in the pipeline for you? What are you hoping to achieve in the next sort of year or so? Is there any big things that you want to sort of get tipped off that list or um yeah good question there's um i mean i'd love to do a live show that's a big mm. that's a big tick but that was something that i wanted to do last year um but couldn't for obvious reasons um so wh- whether or not that's this year or next year i'm not sure but that's definitely on, in the pipeline to do to bring this show to a live a live audience uh, to bring these projects sorry because that is that's sort of always been my main passion has been uh performing live so yeah do that at some point um but at the same time i'm not relying on just that because you know who knows how long we'll be in this so Mm. um i've got releases coming up which i which is great yeah yeah so yeah super excited about that so i've got another instrumental tape um so i did an instrumental tape at the start of last year called edbler beats volume one and then i'm doing edbler beats volume two and that's going to be out in early March, which I'm really excited about. And it's got some cool collaborations on as well, um, which I've not I've not collaborated before really on instrumental stuff. So that's been cool to like work with other people. And then another mixtape essentially, so another feature release, probably about twelve tracks. Great. Um, and I'll be putting that out in September, um, which is really great for me, especially having gone through last year. I know sort of how to get basically produce a uh, an LP like in lockdown That's so amazing, yeah. I'm confident that you know they'll be good and I've got some sessions coming up and some will, some have been cancelled and some will be cancelled yeah. but um, you know I'll get something out so exactly yeah. no that's all very exciting yeah. and I mean I think yeah you've just been an example of take, using the year learning as you go and achieving great things all as a result of that so it's really exciting we look forward to hearing the new music yeah I thank can't you wait. yeah it should be good Well, exciting stuff on the way for Ed Blur. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for those releases coming next month. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode and be sure to check out Ed Blur on Spotify. And I'll be back next week with a new guest. So make sure you're subscribed and I'll see you then. Mm-hmm.